The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the second chapter. Now every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. <coughs> Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. At the beginning of Advent for the past many years, I have planted paper white bulbs like we have in our picture today. I gleaned this from a devotional reading that I used about 20 years ago. Watching these bulbs sprout and grow enhances the beauty of the season and, for me, also reflects the spirituality of Advent and Christmas. Paper whites take four to six weeks to grow from bulb to flower. This may seem quick when it comes to gardening, but when it comes to decorating your house for Christmas, it's actually quite slow. I plant the bulbs when I take out the Advent wreath and I put them in a sunny windowsill and then give them water every few days. And then I watch and wait. As the holiday season gains momentum and we get caught up in the hustle bustle of Christmas, these little flowers take their own sweet time. They savor all the natural light they can get in these short December days, and they drink the water provided. They won't be hurried. And when most of the world has packed up Christmas and moved on, these paper whites continue to grow. By epiphany, perfect little star flowers are usually in full bloom, as if they had read the story of the Magi, and they knew it was their turn to shine. Paper whites remind me that the true gifts of Christmas are not mine to orchestrate or control. They unfold slowly over time. I think about Mary in these texts we've read over these last days, how she pondered the experiences she had and treasured them in her heart. Like Mary, we take time to treasure all that we have seen and heard in these holy days. The good news that a Savior is born for all the world. We ponder what it means that God chooses to dwell with us in such an intimate, fraught manner. 
Mary's question becomes our question. How can this be? As we move toward Epiphany, we wonder how this ancient promise of salvation in which we are planted will grow and blossom in our lives during the coming year. To savor, to ponder, to treasure, to wonder, this all takes time. It cannot be accomplished over one holiday season. To grow in who we are as people joined to Christ, it takes a lifetime. Which is one of the reasons I appreciate the scripture readings we have before us today. In our gospel reading, we catch a glimpse of Jesus as he grew in faith. As his sense of identity and call became more robust. This might be a new thought for you. You might imagine that Jesus came into the world as a fully formed Messiah, fully conscious of his calling. But this story suggests otherwise. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, Luke tells us. He developed and matured over time. I notice this when I read the Gospels closely. At his baptism in his interactions with people, in the cross and resurrection, I see Jesus growing in his sense of identity and vocation. We ministry professionals call this faith formation. It happens by the power of the Spirit when the seeds planted in us are given what they need to sprout and grow. It takes time. And it happens in community. Today's story is a great example of this. Jesus was raised in a family that valued the rituals and traditions of his faith, like going to Jerusalem for the Passover each year. His sense of family extended beyond Mary and Joseph. He would have traveled with his kin group, his tribe, the men walking with the men, and the women and the children walking together. Jesus was at that age where he was transitioning from the care of women into the circle of adult men. We might call him a tween, between childhood and adulthood, which was probably why it was easy to lose track of him. Each group may have assumed that he was traveling with the other group, although really, who hasn't left their kids at church before accidentally? For Jesus, his sense of kin or tribe extended into the temple. Someone fed and sheltered him for the days he was there, and he trusted that they would. And when his parents found him, he was sitting in a circle of elders. He had been invited into their conversation. He listened to them and asked them questions. They asked him questions and listened to his responses. It's a beautiful example of how faith is formed in community. Not only Jesus' faith, but the faith of the elders. It's a two-way street as we share and honor each other's questions, perspectives, and experiences. Now, I'm not suggesting that this was an everyday occurrence. There is something exceptional about this scene and about Jesus himself. But it rings true to our experience here at St. Mark's. When we carve out time and create space for intentional interaction between generations, 
We are all nourished. We all grow. This morning at 945, little Elsa Anderson will be baptized, and she will be joined to a faith family, to a tribe. Together with her parents and sponsors, we will celebrate her milestones in faith over the years. We will provide faith formation experiences for her, giving her opportunities to find her voice and to mature in her sense of identity and calling as a child of God. This is the gift of community. This is why we baptize in worship, in community. Together we savor the promises of God and we ponder what they mean for our daily lives. It's a process that is never completed, at least not in this life. When we meet with the ninth graders the day before they're confirmed each year, we tell them that if they don't understand what all the fuss is about, the white robes and the cake and the pictures, that that's okay. They have a lifetime to figure out what it means to affirm one's baptism. The same is true for us. We are all works in progress. Something that strengthens my faith week in and week out is to see the 80 and 90 year olds who show up for studies and classes. Your willingness to share your experiences and your openness to new ideas, it inspires me. You are a living reminder that planted in the soil of God's grace, and rooted in the promises of Christ, we never stop growing. God continues to work in us and through us to bear God's grace and healing and love to the world. As we round the corner into this new year, may we treasure this promise. May we take time to ponder how the Spirit of God is calling us to deeply love and serve others. And together, may we share in the wonder of all that God has done for us in Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.